As adults, making decisions about what is right and what is wrong when sometimes it doesn't feel that way is difficult enough. The best way to have a, a foundation for that is to start young. And that's why uh, we're getting ready to have a wonderful conversation with uh, author Adam Griffin, who's put together a uh, book for kids, When Wrong Seems Right. Good morning, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Well, it seems like the culture our kids are growing up in is so confused about how to discern right from wrong. So what what is something that uh, parents really need to embrace to be able to impart wisdom on their kids and really guide them in what God says is right and wrong? Well, amen. You're exactly right. What's really devious about the generation that our kids are growing up in, and this is similar to many generations before it, is that not only is it confusing because the culture believes something different, but what the culture believes to a lot of kids seems correct. I mean, that's where we took the title from the book. It's from the Proverbs that there's a way that is going to seem right, but in the end, it leads to death. And that is the air our kids are breathing, uh, a culture that seems to be right on things that disagrees with God. And so the foundation we want to offer our kids is a foundation rooted in the scripture, something that never changes, something that is not as fickle as culture and certainly is never wrong, is what God himself has said about the way he designed things to be. And so we wrote this Bible study not only to teach kids how to study the Bible for themselves, Mm -hmm. but to help them become uh, discerning young men and women, to help them distinguish right from wrong. And that is rooted in uh, in the Bible. And of course, we, we chose the Proverbs for this study because it's so perfect to be able to help equip parents to talk to their kids about what is the difference between what God has said is right and good and what the culture will try to convince you is right and mm. good. And in the end, who will we trust? You know, and when you're having a conversation either with a, a child, even a grown child uh, or other friends, family, having a discussion about what is right and wrong can easily drift into uh, a tone of being condemning and a bit judgmental. How did you balance that in writing this book that's aimed toward children? Yeah, that's a good question. Because a lot of times people will, especially in the book of Proverbs, make it very moralistic, like just right and wrong. And therefore the wrong should be ashamed or should feel that sense of judgment. Of course, the Proverbs also uh, contain verses like he who confesses and forsakes his sin will obtain mercy. It's one of the most gracious verses in the entire Bible. Mm. The promise that the one who confesses and forsakes, the one who says this is true about me, articulates it and then forsakes it or quits it will be able to obtain mercy. That That's the God's response to it. And that's also the response we should have to sin in others. When you uh, recognize sin in yourself, when you recognize the log in your own eye, as Christ would say it, that makes us also gracious towards those other people who have likewise experienced not just sin, but their um, profound need for a savior. And so uh, the scriptures not only equip us to know kind of a moral, but it, it leads us away from moralism that says we are only okay if we do what's right and leads us into a theology rooted in the gospel that says, no, we are forgiven and set free. And that's the good news for our own souls as well as what we have to offer others. Wow, that is good news and so important to teach our kids. The resources is When Wrong Seems Right, a kid's Bible study on making good choices. And one thing we haven't asked you, Adam, is what age group this Bible study is for? And is this something kids do on their own or with their parents? Yeah, that is a really important question. You know, there's 
there is so much resourcing going on right now for really young kids and parents of really young kids. And it's great. There's, there's a lot of good music out there. There's great uh, children's Bibles, but there is not a lot of great resources for kids, kind of that eight to 12 range. And that's part of the reason that Moody put this uh, kids Bible study series together is to address the lack of resources we're seeing for kids in that age. And while this is a resource that is, tr is built around the idea that kids could do it on their own, my preference is always that parents would be as involved and possible in the spiritual leadership and discipleship of their own home. So it certainly is an easy resource for parents to come alongside their kids and to do it with their kids. And this would be um, very simple even to do with a group of parents or a Sunday school class. But it it is something that an eight to 12 year old uh, will find accessible, even if they were just doing it on their own. As you're going through Proverbs, um, I can imagine it's pretty easy to find examples of this is right, this is wrong. Um, was it a challenge to find and and relate examples where grace was prevalent? Yeah, that is a really good question. You know, when I talked to our editor and our, our group about that, wanting to make sure that in each series, you know, we have, have kind of eight mm -hmm. weeks in the in the study, that we made sure that it was always coming back to grace. And it's not hard to find that in the Bible because certainly the Proverbs, you know, they're not promises. They're they're not, this will definitely happen. They're, they're really helpful and they're a blessing, but it's not a um, prosperity version of the Bible that says, if you do this, everything will go well. Right. So we are always depending on God's grace in every proverb. And yeah. so that is easy to give as an, an overview of everything we're saying. Though if you just took a proverb out of context, certainly it could sound like God is saying, I will reward good behavior and I will punish bad behavior. And that that was the end of the story. Story. But in every single lesson, we use a cross-reference typically to the New Testament to, to point out how this proverb, the, the premise of this proverb is repeated in another part of the Bible. And of course, in the New Testament, we are always pointing back to what Christ has said and what Christ has accomplished in providing forgiveness and grace for every kid who does uh, come to trust Christ. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the important lessons for kids the age that you're addressing and how does the yeah. Proverbs address those? Well, you know, there there's a lot of very simple ones. There's a lot of gen general ones about our sense of sin or our uh, noticing what the culture is saying is wrong. But we also didn't pull any punches on some things that we think kids in this age group need to be addressing. So that includes an age appropriate version of addressing things on the internet or on TV or music that kids should not be listening to or watching that, you know, the proverb that says a man cannot hold a flame close to his chest and not be burned. Oh, we yeah. talked about that concept for saying like, you cannot expect to expose yourself to something that the Lord would say does not honor him and then walk away unscathed. And we, uh, there's a lesson in there about how God does care about what we eat and what we drink. And we talk about uh, drugs and substances, again, in a very age appropriate level that I don't think would interfere with any Christian parents version of what they would want to talk with their kid about. But we certainly address a lot of things as these kids are entering into, you know, the peer pressure that comes not only with substances, not only with pornography or other things that we would want to protect our kids from, but also relationships also thinking about friendships, thinking about romantic relationships and just how we think about ourselves and our own identity. And as those, the, this group, this age group is entering close to puberty, close to their teenage years, there may be nothing more important than addressing who they are and who they are yes. in other people's eyes yeah. and how God defines that, not the culture and not even ourselves, but we look to the one who created mm -hmm. us to define who we are and where our value is. 
So the the title is called When Wrong Seems Right. In doing research and, and preparing for this, was there a specific item or a subject that surprised you that, you know, some thought this issue that is wrong just seemed okay and right and nothing, you know, nothing to worry about? Is there anything that really caught you off guard or shook you? You know, that's interesting. I don't know that there was anything new uh, in research that I would say um, really shocked me. It certainly is shocking the amount of parents who haven't had talks with their kids and the amount of kids who have exposed themselves to what the culture believes about things without ever having a conversation at home. And, you know, I I do a lot of work around family discipleship on our, our podcast, on my writing. And we certainly talk about this concept all the time, that if parents don't disciple their kids, if we don't teach our kids the word, the world is more than happy to teach your kids. And so it is shocking when you talk with kids and adults about the kind of conversations they have and have not had with their eight to 12 year old, how many of our parents are waiting, but our culture is not waiting. They are already, you know, indoctrinating in a way, you know, indoctrination has become a dirty word in our generation because it sounds like brainwashing, but only when you apply it to our, our our religious people, our Christians, the culture is happy to indoctrinate and say, this is what you should believe. And so I, I want to equip parents, not only how to have these talks, but just to have them and not to have them rarely to have conversations often and as often as possible to make it so normal to open your Bible or to talk about a current event and to use that to disciple your kids to follow Jesus no matter what. Mm-hmm. How do you ask, I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. When kids go into their schools and they see that something that they read in Proverbs as wrong is being hailed as right and other right. kids in their class and other families are agreeing with that being right. I mean, how do you teach the young person that is being discipled in your home how to interact with people who believe the exact opposite of what God's Word says? Great question. That is a great question, because I think it, it's twofold, and it's it's true for anybody of any age, right? This is certainly not something that is just true for kids. It's true for a lot of our adults in their workplace environments, that there's even a concept uh, right now that Christians are so judgmental and um, even though what, what is happening is that the culture is judging us as judgmental when all we are trying to offer is grace and mercy and peace. I think there's two things here. I think you want to equip your kids and yourself to be bold. That comes with a sense of courage as well as the willingness to be different. And then you want to equip your kids with gentleness and grace, the ability to say that another person is just like me in the sense that they also need Jesus, that they are in desperate need of Jesus, even if they don't recognize it. So if you can give uh, your kid kind of the the direction, the the heart, you know, it it only comes from God, but a heart that is made of flesh that recognizes in another person something empathetic in my own. Like I, I want to love and have compassion the way Christ loves and has compassion, even though he's the one that rightfully could pick up the stone and say the one without sin gets to throw the stone at another. He's also one who says, I I don't condemn you, but also let's go and sin no more. So there's a sense of graciousness, gentleness, but also boldness that we still stand by what we believe. I think these are concepts Mm -hmm. that are not only just good for the kids, but you know, parents may pick up a thing or two while going through with their kids at the same time. How do we get more of it? And uh, some of the other uh, uh, bits and pieces that you've put together. Well, I, 
I've rooted a lot of my personal ministry around this idea. We have a, a podcast called the Family Discipleship Podcast, a website, familydiscipleship.com. We're writing books for different age groups, kids, uh, certainly younger kids as well. I think it's important to start this conversation even younger. But this book, uh, When Wrong Seems Right, is part of a four book series right now from Moody that is trying to equip families for this particular age group to be in the word, be in the word together, mm-hmm. be in the word on your own. And that is really my heart. It's it's not to sell books. It's not to make sure that uh, there's enough new stuff and new resources out there. It's to get our kids into not what is just ancient, but what is timeless, the word of God and what is eternal life with him. And so I would say the best place to root your family's discipleship is in the Bible. And then I hope resources like this, when wrong seems right, are part of a vehicle that helps you get to that destination following Jesus through his own word. Adam, it has been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for putting this resource together, and thanks for spending some time with us this morning. It was really my honor. Thank you so much.